What's up, everyone? Welcome to Season Gaming Bitcast episode 112, and happy July 4th to all of our American uh, listeners, watchers, viewers, what have you. So we've got a fun episode today. Hope you can join us on, uh, like I said, this holiday weekend here in the U.S. So Ainsley Bowden here, known as Porsche Infinite today. I'm trying to take a page out of Dan's book and come up with creative names. As you can tell, I'm not very good at it, but we'll get better over time, hopefully. I didn't even notice that. That's terrible. It's terrible. I know. <laughs> Speaking of terrible, I have uh, $69 Dan with me. That's right. <laughs> so we've got $69 Dan, uh, Filthy Casual. Um, you're just going by way too many names today. I'm trying. Right. I do what I do. <laughs> oh man joining us uh from well across the pond over in germany and back on the show for the third time i i don't know it's been a few times time, yeah 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 so our our good friend of the show archimedes what is up sir hey guys yeah i totally forgot you have a holiday today so yeah yeah, congratulations there, and yeah, I'm happy to be on the show again. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting uh, later today. It's fireworks and drinking and barbecues oh, and all yeah. that good stuff over <laughs> here. You know, lots of lots of flag waving. Uh, and then joining us for the first time, another friend of the show and uh, someone I talk to quite often actually in Twitter community uh, runs PixelOut.net and recently started his own podcast as well. Is Logan Meyer? Logan, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing pretty great, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So before, uh, as we always do, let's kind of talk about um, let's talk about the guests. So I, I think everyone, Archimedes, knows you. Like I said, who's familiar with the show? Uh, a lot of the similar communities, and uh, I have seen that um, your YouTube channel is doing really well, man. And I really enjoy your videos. They're well edited, well scripted, and uh, just wanted to say congrats on the uh, continued success there. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, um, the, I, I've seen the numbers grow over the last few weeks. It's uh, impressive. I always, I already have about five hundred and eighty subscribers right now, which is really, really cool for for a small channel like my uh, like mine. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. So, congrats on that, Logan. Since you're first time on the show, uh, one of the things we like to do with first time guests is kind of talk through uh, gaming history. And some of those things. So, if you don't mind, let's go ahead and get into that. So, how did you uh, originally get into gaming? What got you into the video game industry? Okay, so my gaming resume. I um, <laughs> I started in '98 when I was uh, six. I got oh a, God, Dan, I got feeling old again, man. And Super Mario 64 and. Um, Pokemon Red and Blue on the Game Boy Pocket were my first game games. Wow. And then I transitioned from that to um, PS2 and GameCube and original Xbox. And I've had pretty much all the major consoles since then. I, I didn't get, I was a little late for the Sega consoles, RIP. But um, I jumped in at N64 and basically I play on anything, Nintendo. Um, Xbox or Sony. I just like games. So yeah, well, that's why you're here, man. We don't really deal with any of the uh, the nonsense here. So almost, you know, I would say almost every every guest. I don't think we've had a guest that doesn't play on everything or have a history with gaming. So yeah, uh, what's up, chat? Good to see all of our regulars. Good morning. Uh, Lunch Bizzle says I'm feeling old as fuck right now. Yes, that that's me too. Don't worry. So Logan, we <laughs> <I'm not mad>. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, you said uh, you were born in what ninety two. 
Yeah, 92, yeah. So my stepdaughter's as old as you are. That's where we are today. Uh, Damn, I now I feel time. extremely young. I was born 83. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Dan and I are just going to leave all of this alone at this point, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, chat, what's going on, everyone? I, hey, I see Marion in the chat. Good to see you, man. Thanks for joining us. Uh, uh, got our regulars, Jordan, Matt, Elu. What's up, guys? Um, so I know it's a holiday here, so, you know, I don't know how many people can tune in and I know everyone's got things going on. So thanks for stopping by. Um, <clears throat> real quick, Logan, I want to touch on, um, Pixelow. So pixelow.net. And like I said, I know you recently started a, a podcast as well. So how did uh, that come about? What, uh, you know, you want to talk about it briefly? Uh, yeah, Pixel Owl actually just celebrated its first, um, year anniversary. It, Congrats. Oh, uh, thank you. It, Basically, it just was a passing project of mine because I love gaming and I love to write. I, I did a lot of writing in college, so I decided, you know what? I would just shoot my shot and try my own site. And so it's kind of just a passion project of mine. I do reviews and um, thought pieces. Like my most recent thing was about timed exclusives and how I think yeah. they're kind of a, a sketchy thing in the industry and kind of wish they would just go away. And yeah. then that and then i've added all about gaming which is my podcast i like puns and i just associate <laughs> it with um, pixel owl so all about gaming and that's available on streaming services and my pixel owl website still working to get it on apple and youtube yeah they could be a pain sometimes but no that's awesome man congratulations i mean season gaming itself this whole thing started as a passion project for me just to a literal one page blog. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's good to get into it. So congrats on that. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Jordan said, uh, Logan representing the lightly seasoned. Yeah, that's, that's about right. <laughs> All right, guys, let's jump into some stuff here. So we got a lot to talk about. So, uh, one of the big news items this week was, uh, NBA 2k 21. Uh, and I know Dan was super excited about this nice. going, um, <laughs> Saying that the PS5 and Xbox Series X versions were going to be sixty nine ninety nine instead of fifty nine ninety nine, at least here in the U.S. What what's the standard real retail price in Germany in terms of euros? Archimedes for games. It's seventy euros, which is okay. around about seventy eight, seventy nine dollars. About eighty bucks. Yeah, yeah. So that would be. I mean, you're creeping up into the yeah. Ninety-two, well, ninety-three dollar up. <laughs> <laughs> if, well, if they change it, right? Like if they raise it in Germany too. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah. So we we did our weekly poll this week about that, and basically tried to get a gauge of uh, you know how the season gaming community was feeling about that. And funny enough, uh, we kind of got a mixed response. So we had three options here: one, you don't mind, you know, the the increase. Two, it would be okay if we saw less of these like deluxe editions for ten dollars more, and games focus or publishers focus less on microtransactions. Um, and then the other people who just said no way, you know, the game should not be going up in price. So we had a twenty-seven percent said they don't mind, twenty-nine percent said no way. So you've got two polar opposites there. And then the uh, the top choice was actually it would be okay if we had less deluxe, you know, on microtransactions. So. I think it's an interesting conversation. I want to hear you guys' thoughts on it as around, you know, the argument is <clears throat> the argument is that game development has become very expensive, right? Two to three times at least what it used to be to make anything from a double A, especially in the triple A title arena. And it can be, you know, for big triple A games, we just got one of the biggest of the year in The Last of Us 2. 
it can take many years, a big team, and cost hundreds of millions of dollars to make these games. Um, however, you have the counterpoint of uh, the big publishers like Activision, Electronic Arts, companies like Tencent, who we're going to talk about. They're more profitable than ever. Um, and that's largely due to just the way games have been monetized over the past several years and digital transactions, microtransactions, of course, the, the hot word. And so there's this weird kind of, um, you know, uh, correlate or lack of correlation between game development and cost versus profitability. And so <clears throat> I think that's why majority of our community said it would be okay if we saw less of this kind of predatory uh you know, deluxe editions, digital stuff, microtransactions. But I don't think, I think there's too much money there now. And we're too far ingrained in the community for that to go away. I don't think publishers are going to let that go. So let's hear your thoughts, guys, on, um, and we'll go around the horn here on, you know, uh, $70 games potentially for next generation. If it's a good, bad thing, indifferent, and what do you think about it? So Archimedes, I'll start with you, man. Yeah, all right. So, uh, here in Europe, nothing has been announced so far. Um, so, uh, from as much as we can tell, it's a, a US US thing only. And um, well, <laughs> you you are <laughs> you are very spoiled with the cheap prices, anyway. <laughs> so, um, I wasn't aware of that. I had an interesting conversation on Twitter with uh, people from different countries, and. Um, even we Europeans shouldn't complain. If you compare the, the video game prices from Brazil or India um, mm -hmm. and even China, uh, it's insane. They pay regularly well over 100 US dollars for a video yeah. game at the moment. So if that increase is only for the US, it's just a little adjustment to the, the, the worldwide market, I would say. Um, Anyway, it's a it's a it's a difficult topic. Um, I get the point that the, the development costs are raising. Um, on the other hand, uh, yeah, video games are so filled with microtransactions right now. But there are games that don't have microtransactions, and what do they do? Uh, right. It's it's a very difficult thing. Um, in the end, you have to look at it like this. When was the last race of co of, of um, video game prices? For us here in Germany, I googled it, it was in 2001, so 19 years ago. And ever since, the, the, the prices have been very stable. I don't know what that was, when that was in the US, but... I think it, wasn't it with the 360 and PS3, guys? I'm going off of oh, memory. Five. <clears throat> yeah, 2005, yep. Yeah, okay. So 15 years ago. So yeah. we had st very stable prices 15 years ago. And even if you think about in inflation um, during that time period, yeah, the prices should have been <laughs> increased already. So um, as much as it pains me to say, uh, but I think it's a natural thing that every once in a while, every 10 to 15, 20 years, the prices uh, go up. Yeah. 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 Logan? Um, I... I think it's probably time that they move up. I think it's just natural. Like we've been blessed to have 15 years of a static price before. Sure. Uh, 59.99. It was 49.99 for a long time. So it just it seems natural, but I find it ironic that it's 2K putting it <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. If it was them or Activision or somebody like that, that's totally not surprising. As a big hoops junkie myself, I'm. Yeah well familiar with 2k and nba 2k in particular and it's it's quite funny that they're bumping the price up when it 
already launches in such a state that causes massive angst among the community because it's always kind of just a bug-filled mess when it launches. And then there's, it's just a ripe with all these, you know, casino type transactions. Like you have to pay stuff to upgrade your character and all kinds of stuff. And so then on top of that, they're boosting the price. If it was somebody else announcing it first, I would probably be less, you know, eye raised kind of like, you know, it it just happens. But 2K being the first one just feels kind of just, I don't know. Yeah, especially from, and I haven't played it, but I mean, uh, you know, NBA 2K in particular, like you said, uh, seems to be just loaded with microtransactions. I know 2K20 got a lot of heat for that. Um, so I, I was just pulling up an article and just to give you some some uh, perspective here for everyone too. So Activision Blizzard, uh, we talked about this uh, two months ago now, but just in the first quarter of 2020, fiscal 2020, they posted a $1 billion revenue just from microtransactions. Making bank. Yeah. And EA's in the same boat, right? So, I mean, you're starting to talk about three, four, five billion dollars annually just from microtransactions, not game sales or anything else. So, I think, um, you know, personally, I kind of agree with you guys in terms of it's been a long time since the price increases, um, but uh, it feels like a lot of these publishers and developers and big games have, um, have found ways around that, right? They've continued to stay profitable and grow uh, despite the static price. Dan, where are you at on this? Uh, I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, I, even, I, though, I, even though you're $69, Dan? Yes. <laughs> All right. That price was, fluctuates daily. So <laughs> it's kind of high to me, to be honest with you. Yeah. I don't know. Back next week, and it might be, you know, $2. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> here's the thing you know, it, it depends on the game to me and, and who's doing it. When When you see 2K come out, and say, well, we're going to charge an extra $10. Get the hell out of here with that garbage. <laughs> right? I mean, if you just said, you know, Activision, a billion dollars in just microtransactions. All right. And a quarter. It, it's a, a, for a quarter. <laughs> Three months. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> That's insane. All right. That game should be free to play, period. I think that, yeah, yeah. you know, you know, like Warzone or, you know, is, but, you know, Call of Duty at this point, just let it, just release it. You know, we talked about that with the ultimate team modes too, like in Madden right. and yeah. you know FIFA. 100%. Those games, if you're gonna sit here and charge me an extra ten dollars, I better be getting an extra ten dollars worth of content. All right. If I look at games like a Plague Tale, right, that came out, it was fifty bucks, right? Yes. Smaller game, but worth the price. All right. Yeah. For me, you know, but value is subjective. I understand sure. that. But the problem is, if you get these bigger companies like Activision. All right, that are going to come out and or EA and and raise the prices ten dollars. I mean, it, it's 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 asinine to me because there there's no point. It's not like you're you're really going to make that much more money on it. You know, I think in the long run, um, your development costs. I don't even want to hear about that garbage. All right, I don't I don't know what they what like. Spider-Man cost, you know, to make probably what two hundred million ish. Thirty bucks. Yeah, well, yeah, who knows? <laughs> I, mean, I know Sony paid like two hundred thirty million for him. Yeah, Zombie for a Zombie Act. Yeah, yeah, but you know, let's say the game cost you. I mean, they made that back three times over. You know, in sales, probably. It's it just doesn't make any sense to me to to do that kind of stuff. Um, it's it's. I understand we've had a nice, you know 
time, you know, getting the $60 game and everything. It's just, it's just frustrating as hell to me because, because these companies make so much money through everything else, you know, you should be able to pass along those savings to, you know, your consumers, in my opinion. Yeah. For the larger publishers. I think that's where the, the struggle is, right? Because you do have smaller publishers, smaller developers, indie developers that have struggled to turn a profit by making games, right? But they don't have the types of games that have the market to feed into these microtransaction kind of, you know, uh, concepts that um, games like 2K, games like FIFA and Madden and those do that make all that kind of money. So it's, I don't know, it's it's challenging. The other question that, uh, funny enough, of all people, Roger Clark, Mr. Uh, you know, uh, Morgan on Twitter asked the other night, um, basically just the simple question that we never really seem to ask in this is why are all games priced the same anyway? Why, you know, and they're not all priced the same, but but fundamentally most games retail for the, you know, for uh, 59.99, right? So why- a very why, good question. A yeah, I mean, why, why, why wouldn't a game like Last of Us 2 be 59.99 versus a game like Plague Tale? Well, maybe Plague Tale was cheaper, but I mean, you know, some other game that's maybe a 10 hour experience that cost 20% to make or develop, why wouldn't it be 39.99 or 29.99? Well, a lot of them um, are, right? I mean, you, you some, some of them. Yeah. yeah. You know, for the smaller games, you can get on there and get them for 40 bucks or whatever it is. I just don't get, you know, the bigger companies where I have an issue with. If you look at something like, you know, like Ubisoft, they make so much money just in sales already. They probably don't have to raise it. And really, this might just be 2K. You know, there were basically rumblings of, you know, everybody else, you know, other companies possibly going up to $70. You know, and I, you know, I'm gonna pay it. I don't really care. It doesn't matter. We're all gonna pay it. I yeah. mean, we know that. <laughs> yeah, it's not just to play games. Yeah, I mean, we're all gonna play this stuff. You know, it's not gonna make a dent. But it's just, you know, the yeah. problem is, it's just, it's more of a principle behind it. When you, when you've got these larger companies that are just raking in money hand over fist, and you know, just it, it just bothers me that they're they have the audacity to come out and say, yeah, we're going to charge you ten more dollars for the base game, on top of the you know hundreds and hundreds of dollars you're probably going to pay for for stupid cards in our game, and you know shoes, or you know whatever it is, a jersey, you know it it, it blows my mind that they. Yeah. Are, I mean, you know, I mean, I think one of the issues is, is that it was a sports game. These All these sports games, right. Madden, FIFA, everything, they just feel like a DLC anyway to the previous game. That's yeah? true. And yeah. If, yeah. if that oh, game would have been, let's say, Cyberpunk or something yeah, like that, um, I think the, the perception would have been different. Yeah? yeah, very true. So we got a couple good questions in chat. First of all, Lunch Bizzle says, uh, why is Dan wearing his shirt? Half the reason he came. To the show today is because you said you weren't going to wear a shirt. I got not saying to take it off. I think we're all thankful that you have it on. But just wanted to just wanted to call that out. Um, We also have a very good point by Nine Lives that really said that the only game that should be sixty nine dollars next gen is Bug Snacks. I think we can all agree on that. So yeah, probably be eighty (laughs) nine. <laughs> yeah, he was at ninety nine dollars for that one. Uh, Jordan makes a good point though. He said, "But the, you know, it's a counterpoint, right? Like theater tickets, you go to see a movie. Um, obviously, the budget for different movies is drastically different depending on what you're watching, as well as the quality of some movies. And yet, theater tickets go the same, really, no matter when you go or where you go. Um, so it's true. So, Lodge, thanks for stopping by, man. Yeah, I know it's a holiday out there today, but I appreciate you." 
All right, guys. So let's move on from that. Let's talk about the meat and potatoes of what we want to talk about with the show today, and that is the Xbox July event. So a lot of different pieces of information came out this week around this event. Obviously, we all know it's coming, um, but we've, we got several kind of uh, new things to talk about here. So first and foremost, it seems like the event is going to happen on July 23rd, which is a Thursday, I think, off the top of my head. Um, the week of July 20th seems to be the week where Xbox is really going to start to ramp things up with a couple things. So starting on July 21st, which is Tuesday of that week, they're going to hold a week-long, what they're calling a demo event on Xbox, featuring anywhere from 75 to 100 games that are going to be on the dashboard and be able to be downloaded and played in demo form just for a week. So it's going to be like a whole week for basically the entire Xbox community to try out a ton of new games for free, which I think is a really cool idea. Um, so actually, let's talk about that real quick before we get into the show. So... I know we've heard a lot of people talk for a long time now about where are game demos and some publishers do demos and obviously we get things like betas and whatnot. But, you know, I know we all remember those demo discs. Well, maybe not Logan. I don't know, Logan. You know, hey, Logan. I remember getting games Informer <laughs> and other things and then I'd get the demo disc like Xbox would send like blinks or brute yeah, force. Yeah, yeah, blinks. Okay, you redeemed yourself. You redeemed yourself. Um, but yeah, so I think this is really cool. I, I have to ask why companies don't do this more. You know, you're basically giving your entire community the capability to try a whole ton of games at once in kind of like a flash thing. And then, you know, as well as I do, you know, there's going to be a bunch of sales that result from uh, from this event. So this sounds pretty cool to me. It looks like it's E3 in your house, basically. You know, now you don't have to go to the, you know, to the event to actually try out some of these games that, you know, I knew you and Bert went last year and you guys got to try out a whole bunch of stuff and, you know, we all kind of sat here and was like, yeah, it'd be cool to try that out. Now you should have been with us. What can I, I say? Yeah, <laughs> I hate crowd, so I can't do it. So, it's one of those things. I hate most people. <laughs> Present company included, obviously. But, you know, it's just, it's it's one of those things where it's really, that's a, I think it's a cool thing, you know? I mean, that's a lot of games. I hope they're out for more than like a week so I can try as many as possible. No, but, they said it's a week. It's the 21st to 28th. Yeah, yeah, that, that's 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 not a lot of time for a hundred games. You know, you're gonna try them all. You're gonna buy yeah. half of them. I mean, that's for sure. Fire them, I guess. Right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Our, our next week or that week is our currently playing is gonna be like three pages long because <laughs> <laughs> all these demos. I think it's awesome, man. I mean, I think like you said, man, there should be more of this. We should see more demos. We should see, you know, give us the chance to try it out. And then again, some people are just like, "Yeah, we don't want them to try that out quite yet because yikes." you played our game yeah you know so it might be some of that too you know yeah so we'll see yeah i mean that's the reason why demos have basically disappeared because there were some statistics showing that if you play a demo you're less likely to buy a game uh, than if you don't play the demo so yeah i remember cliff blazinski talking about that yeah, yeah exactly well, but i think it's, it's great i I was reminded uh, uh, in <coughs> good old days because <laughs> you're a good man. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Sorry. <laughs> no, I remember um, when I was a teenager, uh, that is basically how I lived through E3 because every magazine had those demo discs. Um, yeah. yeah, and it was amazing because this was, was the, the cool thing for me. Um, 
reading through the magazines and then getting to actually play some demos from that E3 show floor and having that again, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Logan, anything you're looking forward to with this? Oh yeah, I think it's uh, really exciting. I really hope Tunic is on it because yeah, I, I saw both, that dude. the creator tweeted something for the first time in like months or maybe a year. He just had the little fox guy running around. I'm like, yes, yeah, I really yeah. want to see Tunic. Yeah, Dan's been out here. We're all going to play Halo anyway all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, obviously we're, I'm gonna get Halo, so I I know what Halo's like. So <laughs> yeah, Tunic. I actually I was. So Dan laughs because Bert and I actually covered Tunic. I got to play it at, at E3 because the guy was there. Um, but yeah, it's been, like you said, it's been really, really quiet. Um, and Dan's always asking, he's like, where the hell is Tunic? Um, so I think it's funny because that game's being made by one guy, small game, but it's got a hell of an audience already that's waiting for that game. So that'd be interesting. So Chris, good to see you, man. He's, Chris already said Dan costs too much. This is bullshit, man. I'm getting devalued. And Mariano, what's up, man? Welcome back to the show. Good to see you again. Thank you for the 199 super chat. Um, he says, doubt it, but possible Halo multiplayer demo. So that's actually a pretty good segue for this for us. Man. So let's talk uh, July Xbox event, and we'll just jump into Halo right at the start because, you know as halo um so there was a leak i don't believe it personally um i think it's just one of those kind of 4chan slash reddit leaks that's just speculation but in that leak it did mention that we're going to get a halo infinite multiplayer demo in late august so it wouldn't surprise me um you know kind of multiplayer halo demos have been a thing for you know generations now um and with the game obviously launching in november uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all for us to get a Halo multiplayer demo. So I would say I certainly hope so. Oh, I'm sure it's coming. Uh, they will call it a beta, yeah. And but I think it will be in this in this July uh, demo week. Oh, you think they're going to drop it that week? Man, now you're getting me even more excited. That would be amazing. Yeah. Maybe maybe during the show, you know, and the beta is available right now. And that'd be nice. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, that'd be nice. So yeah, I don't know. I, I I hope we see it. I think we will. I just don't know when. If it is that week of July, well, then I've got to take another vacation. So we'll see. <laughs> All right, July twenty third, Thursday, July twenty third. So what we know that came out this week is uh, quite a few things. So first, uh, it is very very heavily rumored, and uh, I we posted it as well on our site because there are some context that kind of back this up that initiatives new initiative will be at the event and they will be showing off their first game of course we all know that the rumor with the initiative right now is that they're working on perfect dark and i know we've talked about that before here um but you know it's going to be great to see what's coming out of that studio because that is one of the uh, i would say most kind of talent laden studios in the industry i mean the talent that they've acquired is is unbelievable almost we have seen an awful lot of fable uh, kind of news leaks, infos, IPs, trademarks, Aaron Greenberg trying to hide it, um, all kinds of stuff going on this week. So uh, I, I personally believe we'll see something out of Fable as well. And then um, obviously there's a lot of other little things we talked about, like Obsidian, maybe some Outer world stuff, Cuphead, um, and some other things. So guys, let's kind of run through. Let's touch on initiative. Let's touch on Fable, and let's touch on anything else that you would really like to see out of Xbox Game Studios 
on this event on July 23rd. Logan, I'll start with you, man. Um, I'm really excited for the event. Ba um, based on stuff I've been hearing, it should be one of the best events. Of course, they always say that, but I think it might be one of the better Xbox events we've had in quite some time. Yeah. Especially if they bring the initiative, the big guns, the initiatives there, playgrounds there. Everybody knows Fable exists. It's like the worst kept secret in industry. Like we've <laughs> yeah. heard about it for five years. We, we know it's there. Um, and then the initiatives game is, I'm really fascinated to see if it ends up being the traditional perfect dark or if it's like they take Joanna Dark and put her in something else and they call it something else, but it's basically a perfect dark spiritual successor and something else. I'm kind of, that's kind of what my hunch is, but I guess we'll find out. What do you think about, you know, we've talked about Perfect Dark quite a bit here, Dan and I have, and, you know, our speculation, I know some other people are saying the same, is they take Joanna Dark, make her a new kind of Xbox icon, right? Like a Lara Croft type character and turn it into a mature Splinter Cell type game. Yep, that's, uh, that's my hunch is that, I mean, you look at, you already mentioned the all-star cast that the initiative has and it yeah. just so happens the studio head daryl gallagher was in charge of the tomb raider reboot <laughs> right so you yeah. better to turn joanna dark into xbox's laura croft than daryl gallagher and i could totally see a splinter cell kind of tomb raider hybrid type you know like uncharted big set pieces and uh -huh. gadgets and cyberpunk this and that and I really do think they're going all out for this. Oh yeah, I think so as well. I think so as well. Um, <clears throat> Archimedes, I know that you uh, you know you did kind of your expectations of this show on your channel as well. So uh, from a perfect dark slash fable perspective, any other thing? What are you thinking here? Well, um, I don't think the initiative will uh, make a, a perfect dark game. Uh, okay. All right, out of the gate. I think they will do a new IP. I, it's just maybe the, the second game from them um, will be Perfect Dark. I don't know. But I think having Perfect Dark as, as the game to come out brings too much baggage with it. it the, the, the franchise is now 20, 25 years old. Nobody is remembering it. But you have to still somehow make your game in that lore and i i just think it it doesn't make really sense to do that um for for a first game from that studio i think they will do a completely new ip but this is definitely going to be an epic one uh like you said with all the talents they have from naughty dog rockstar or rocksteady and so on it's it's incredible with Fable, I'm really looking forward to see which direction they take. If they will keep that cartoony look or if they take it into a more serious direction, which I'm personally hoping, I hope they go down that Witcher 3 route. Mm -hmm. Well, and then I still hope that the big surprise is the Obsidian RPG. They are working apparently on a Skyrim-like RPG. Um, recently, the um, lead character artist tweeted out some in-game renders from that game, uh, and those characters looked insane. Um, I hope to see that game. Yeah. 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 I mean, people forget that Outer Worlds, which I know, I, I don't know what you guys thought about it, but Dan and I love that game. Oh, it was uh, amazing. One yeah. of my new favorite IPs of the generation. Oh, definitely. Sure. Perfect. Yeah. So I, I we, we we all agree then thought it was fantastic. That was their small team. That was their side project. 
Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Obsidian is, again, another loaded with talent team. They've picked up even more talent since, obviously, moving over to uh, XGS. And you're right. I, I really hope we see at least a teaser of what their big kind of AAA RPG is that's coming. Oh, definitely. It's it. This RPG is apparently the reason why Microsoft bought that studio. That's true. Uh, so very true. Yeah, it has to be something fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Dan, you're on mute, dude. I'm on mute. So. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, whatever they do, they really need to just blow us away. This is their chance. Don't screw hey, it up. Temper those expectations, Dan. I'm never gonna happen. All right. I want to see Fable. <laughs> Outer Worlds DLC would be awesome if it's you know got some meat to it. Uh, I'm we've talked about Perfect Dark before. If it's you know if it's what you said it is, you know I mean if that's what they do and they go in that direction, hundred percent down with it. Well, apparently um, we're not getting Splinter Cell, no matter well, how yeah. much we yell about it. So. But I just played one of the probably the best stealth games I've ever played, and you know The Last of Us Two, and I, I wasn't expecting that at all, and I loved the whole stealth aspect of it, and I love those kind of games. Um, so I would be 100% down with it. Um, I see here in the notes that you have Banjo is better than Bioshock. Yeah, um, just putting that out there. Yeah, you, you don't have to because that's a huge lie. Um, it is a huge it, lie. Huge. <laughs> what in the hell, man? I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, compulsion, yeah, what the hell are they doing? I mean, you know. So, I, yeah, I wanted to talk about that because uh, I wanted to actually ask all of you guys what you, th you know, if you look across Xbox Game Studios, all the studios. What studio uh, do you think is kind of like a, not an underdog, but you know, could deliver something that'll surprise a lot of people. And for me, the reason I put it on this list, Dan, was for me, that's compulsion. Um, yeah. Because that we know they're working on something dark, uh, not necessarily a full horror game, but something in, you know, kind of a darker vein. Uh, we Happy Few, I've said it before, was like a diamond in the rough. It was rough around the edges wasn't a fantastic game, but man, it had some good concepts, had good writing. Um, and, and they're just a studio that's loaded with talent. Again, as with all the Xbox game studios have picked up a load more talent over the past 18, 24 months. And I think whatever they deliver is really going to surprise some people. So, yeah, they're one of my um, biggest slept on studios out there. I, I really enjoyed We Happy Few. Obviously, the bugs were a problem. I mean, and yep. stuff like that. But I really enjoyed the story and the dystopian narrative they created and the characters were fascinating. Yep. And I kind of I see them doing a game in the vein of a Bioshock type title, like not a horror game, but that dystopian, super dark and just kind of trippy title, I think, is what they're working on. Yeah. That would be great. For me, that studio would definitely be in exile. Um, okay. It's it's some uh, people rarely talk about it. The only time they talked about in exile uh, was when they announced that they are using Unreal Engine Five. Suddenly, yep. everybody was speaking about them. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they have the potential to to do something very special. If you look at their RPG track record, it's it's amazing. They have fantastic games, and they always all those games just felt a little bit too short budgeted they, they you yeah. can really feel it um this is definitely one for me and um then uh we forgot to talk about hellblade <laughs> hellblade 2 it's true um go for I it i think that is <laughs> this is that is something they will show off definitely with gameplay because i still think it will launch in the in the launch window in the first six months Oof. of the console 
Oh, wait, yeah, I can't make a beer bet with you because we're too far away. But <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, there's yeah. a reason why they they announced um, that game with along with the console. Uh, you don't do that uh, just for the sake of it. Um, there, they will launch that very early spring twenty one, I guess. One of the first Unreal Engine five games. There you go. Yeah. You heard it here first. I'm not sure I agree, but oh. I, I like the concept. Yeah. I see. Uh, yeah, that was. <laughs> you know, right now, I think, you know, all those studios that we talked about, you know, we still got what Double Fine's working on what Psychonauts 2 and uh, God, man, people sleeping yeah. on that game too. It's Yeah, I mean, there's a, so there's a good. ton of them out there, man. I mean, yeah. you know, you still have like Undead Labs. I've been playing a lot of State of Decay 2. That's what Shinzo just really? said in the chat. Yes. Undead Labs yeah. with proper funding and support. Yeah. Oh, man. And this, I mean, they, they've done a whole lot of improvements to the game you know, just like, you know, Sea of Thieves was, you know, and, and they just kept building it up, building it up. Um, I, any of those, you know, just surprised me. I want to go, whoa, didn't see that coming. Uh, or even, oh, I kind of saw that coming, but still, whoa, you know, that's, you know, <laughs> that's kind of what you want. You know, you, you got to get, this is their chance. They got, they're doing, it looks like a whole week of stuff and all kinds of demos. And I mean, it, it's going to be awesome. I mean, it, it better be awesome. How about that? You know, you just can't, don't, don't, don't fart and just, you know, <laughs> I, I, just don't don't fart it away. You got a great chance here, you know, and maybe maybe we'll see some of the Lockhart stuff too. I don't know. We'll see. Yes, yeah, so right now the rumor is they're going to hold Lockhart off for August, where they're going to announce it in combination with the Series X price. Uh, okay. It makes sure. only sense to announce it along with the price. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's that's sure. the prevailing rumor right now. Of course, no one knows definitively. But um, yeah, um, so I have to ask, and I do that. I'm gonna keep doing it till like Splinter Cell until we get the damn thing back. Yeah, what are your guys' thoughts, Dan? I'm gonna mute you um, on <laughs> Banjo Kazooie returning. I'm oh, actually a big Banjo stan. You know, I grew up with 64, obviously. So Banjo, Banjo Tooie. So classic. I actually think that this isn't me making a prediction, but I honestly think that Xbox already has a perfect studio for Banjo and Double Fun with their um, doing uh, Psychonauts and such. I think they would, with their kind of legendary wit and humor, would be a really mm -hmm. good fit for Banjo or a Conquer type game, like from Rare's Conquer's old. another one, Cat man. God. Yeah, Cat Cat yeah I don't think in today's age we can have Conquer back, but... <laughs> <laughs> But I think Banjo has a good chance, especially with the him being put into Smash Brothers. That you saw the reactions to that all yeah. around. Like we've been wanting Banjo since the first Smash Brothers. So I'm, um, I do think he will be back eventually. Just it might be a little while. Okay. Archimedes, you you a Banjo guy or no? Um, well, think about your answer. Oh no! I have to be really careful. Uh, no. um, I I enjoyed it on the N sixty four, but I haven't played it uh, ever since. So um, I I'd rather see that Conquer game from Double Fine. To be yeah. honest, yeah. okay, it yeah. would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. If hell, we could use a new Conquer game more than ever right now. I think, especially here in the U.S. But uh, yeah, so I like uh, Elu in chat. Dan has his comment for you. Banjo greater than Bioshock. Uh, yeah. I'm going to start that a trend. Hashtag 
banjo greater than Bioshock, even though I don't even believe it. I mean, I can't um, even take your opinion seriously. Going on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what do you think of it? I don't really care. Because I remember what you said in the chat that one day. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Um, I think everyone agrees with you, Dan, though. I think we're even the most kind of rabid Xbox fans are at a point where um, they have to deliver. This has to be their week. The demo stuff sounds awesome, that's great, but this show has to be a long show, like an E3 style presentation, and they just have to bring it. They have to show what these studios are working on, even if they do it more like Sony tends to do with some of their bigger IPs where they show it two and three years out. You know, um, Give us a teaser like they did Hellblade 2 originally, right? Even just show something. Uh, to get people really pumped up about the future of Xbox Game Studios, I think I think we're all in agreement there. Yep, totally yep. agree. Maybe with like better cameras. Twenty thirteen kind of launch again. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know it's a much you know I, I think they will finally. Um, I, I haven't had as big of a problem with the inside Xboxes as some people. Um, they haven't been great. I'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination. And I think it's hilarious. They joked about making sure Aaron Greenberg's not going to be on camera. Um, but yeah, I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be something special. So it's hard to believe that as we're sitting here talking, guys, we're only a few weeks away. We're a few weeks away from Ghost of Tsushima, followed by Xbox Week, which is just awesome, I think, for all of us. Absolutely. So. All right, before we move on from Xbox, I do really quick want to talk about Halo a little bit because, like I said, there were some additional things we didn't talk about. Uh, so uh, the Halo TV show, um, people, a lot of people have forgotten about it, but coming to Showtime next year, they actually confirmed this week it is still on track for 2021. Five episodes are already finished shooting, and um, it's being filmed in Hungary, which until I did research this week, I didn't even realize that Hungary is actually a very popular filming location for a lot of U.S. studios now. And that the group um, that is working on this for Showtime is still going to be allowed to be in Hungary because, you know, there's these new regulations around COVID and travel and everything else. But their, their production is not stopping. So very good news for the Halo TV show coming next year. But in terms of Halo Infinite, there was a rumor that came out this week that uh, Xbox Series X version of Infinite and likely PC as well will be able to scale up or have an option to run at 120 FPS. So we've seen this conversation around 120 frames on um, you know, multiple games now. We know that they talked about it with Gears 5, multiplayer being added, Dirt 5, uh, potentially Forza, which I expect to see at this event here in a few weeks. We didn't touch on that either. Um, do you guys think that uh, we're going to see Halo Infinite take advantage of the major features of Series X, including obviously 4K kind of goes without saying, but going up to 120 frames and implementing things like ray tracing out of the gate? Jeez, man. I mean, if there's going to be one game that does it, it's going to be that one, right? I mean, they've had the inside track the whole time, so it's... And the new engine, you know, yeah, so space right. engine. It, it's, it's... Gosh... <laughs> I mean, I, I can't, I don't see it. I think that's a little bit much, but then again, you know, who the hell knows? You know, they, they've been kind of quiet on, on that front, you know, it, or, you know, it's kind of bounced back and forth. You saw a lot on Twitter this week with 30 FPS, 60 FPS, da, 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 da. I don't even give a shit. It's been but, like the prevailing conversation about yeah, things lately. Right. So yeah. if they can hit 4K ray tracing in a hundred, I mean, that's insane. Insane. I mean, most most PCs can't even do that right now, can they? I mean, I mean, no. 
it'd be no, no. I mean, good on them if they can pull it off. Fantastic. Um, but I think that's a little bit much, actually. <laughs> but see, then the thing is, the Series X is more powerful than probably ninety-five percent of the PCs out there. No doubt. Sure. Sure. Yeah, no doubt. It's, it's more powerful um, than this one, and I just built this in February. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I yeah. mean, yeah. Uh, so let's not forget that. And then Microsoft invested five hundred million dollars into the development of Halo Infinite and the Slipspace <laughs> engine. They said it's one of the most advanced engines, game engines on the market. And um, I think uh, for them not to show one hundred and twenty frames per second in that game as an option, as a performance mode. Um, would be actually a bad idea because it, it is their flagship title and to show off we can do in our flagship triple a um, game 120 frames per second is just the right message to send it, it won't be the standard mode the standard mode will be 4k 60 with ray tracing on um, and to have so you, mean that, you mean the 120 will be for multiplayer right either for multiplayer or as an option I th I still do not get Till today, since all consoles are now running on the x86 architecture, it is for me still very surprising that developers do not give us options in, in the games, how we want to play them. I This is something I really hope that will change next generation. Give us yeah. options. Do 30 frames per second with 8K or I don't know, and 4K 60 with ray tracing and 120 frames with 1440p or something like that. Just give us the option. It is they, they have that options in their games anyway, because all those games come out on PC and you can do it on PC. Why not give us the option on, on our console? I just don't get that. And I'm really hoping that this will change. Completely agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah mm. completely agree. Logan, you got any thoughts on uh, Infinite here? Oh, I'm stoked for it. Um, <laughs> I, just, I know that's an understatement, but... <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm really glad that this, this hasn't been brought up much, but I'm really glad that they're bringing back split screen for yes. Halo Infinite. Oh, yes. I'm an old school couch co-op guy. I like to have friends over and just love it, play it together on the TV instead of on live all the time. So I'm, I'm really glad that was a, that was a big qualm I had with Halo 5. Like, yeah. I mean, there people. was story beats and stuff like that, but that was my main issue with it. So I'm. Really glad they're bringing that back. And the 120 FPS sounds kind of nuts to me. I mean, maybe they can do that if, like Dan said, if there's one title that can, it'd probably be Halo because they're going to go all in on that. But I'm a, I'm a resolution guy myself, so I, I pick you know the 4K modes over the FPS okay. on games myself. But I'm, I'm really excited, and I'm curious what you all think about that lock leak thing that's been floating around. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I threw that out. Um, I will say, and the reason I wrote it here in the notes is, so if you're not familiar with what Logan's referring to, um, the Halo toys from like Mega Bloks and some of the toys that are coming later this year uh, have already leaked a few features in the past. And one that was leaked this week was a, a Banish, so one of the Brutes. And on his shoulder, he had Locke's helmet. And so immediately the speculation began that Locke is going to be killed um, by the Banished or Brute or whatever in Halo Infinite. Um, the reason I wrote this on here, though, is that Brian Gerard, who is the community director for 343, came out and said, um, 
everything prior, or excuse me, after the initial leaks a few months ago with some toys, everything from now and forward is planned and don't take all of the things you see in the toys as being canon and infinite. So he kind of quietly countered that that's not a plot point, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't have a huge problem with Locke. The only problem I had with Locke is when they try to make me similar to last of us, try to make me care about Locke Like I do chief, cause it's never going to happen. So don't force mm-hmm. him on me, but I don't know if they'll actually kill him off. He's a pretty big character and, in the Halo universe. Yeah, I have no yeah, idea what you're I, I have a very <laughs> <laughs> I have a very provoking uh, opinion on that. Go for it. Um, see, I think um, Halo has one uh, problem right now and that is that their story got too complex. Mm-hmm. Um, you when when the first Halo came out about what now 20 years ago um 2001 years ago, yeah. 19 years ago. So um the, the many of the gamers that will play Halo Infinite weren't even born when, when the first Halo came out. <laughs> and um, to understand the story in Halo 4 and 5, you have to read the books. Otherwise, you, I, you, 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 you have no chance to understand that. And let's sure. be honest, who does that? Yeah, this is, is such a small <laughs> percentage of the gamers who, who read the books and everything. Um, so I think it would make sense for them to kill off some of the characters um, and just start over. Just start with the story over. Give new gamers the chance to understand the story. Wow. Uh, yeah, I don't... So it's it's tough for me. And I, I know Dan's not in the same boat. Logan, I don't know where you sit, but I, I'm a Halo guy. I mean, we all know this. You can see it behind me. Um, and Chief is my favorite video game character and have a long history with halo and it means a tremendous amount to me so i realize that chief has been around for nearly 20 years and you have a very good point that the story did get very convoluted in five i think that's a a problem that many of us had with it because halo 4 was written so well in my opinion um but yeah it's gotten a it's gotten a little little out of hand i don't know where they take it i can tell you so marion asked in the chat too uh sorry for living under a rock but is infinite supposed to be a reboot no uh infinite is a direct continuation of the series and actually takes place right after halo wars 2 which is where atriox the new big brute you're seeing in all the uh advertising and the banished uh come into play uh meanwhile uh i think to your point archimedes shizno says in the chat i hope they retire chief uh, for Halo to grow and evolve. Yeah, well, I know that Chief has to be in there. <laughs> 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 you can't get rid of the Chief. I mean, that was the problem with Halo 5, right? People didn't want to play as Locke. I don't think anyone had something against the character of Locke, but they didn't want to play as him. 100%. So, they tried to make him the main character, and it, it landed flat. Yeah, exactly, uh, yeah. No, so I, I think... I'm just, yeah. Go, go ahead. Yeah, I just think the whole story with the didact and everyone involved, uh, just, it, it is so confusing right now. And you have to give really people the chance to, to come in new. You can have references to the older parts and everything, but give us the chance to, to really understand the story and have a sort of soft reboot. Yeah, I think it's fair. I, I was going to say that I think, um, you know, 343 is one of the biggest Xbox game studios, massive studio. And the Halo universe, most people don't realize, is massive as well. I mean, there is so much, to your point, Archimedes, about the books. There is so much that's been written, 
it's kind of like, and it's not a one to one, obviously, but it's like the Star Wars universe, right? You have the movies, but there's an awful lot in the Star Wars universe beyond the mainline movies. And Halo is very similar. There's a ton out there that's been written about. And I think that it would be smart for 343 to continue the mainline Halo games, keep Chief as a focal point of character, but there's no reason you can't explore other parts of the universe with other games. Um, that's really what I would like to see, um, personally. I agree. Okay. I'd like a spinoff. Like, I'd love a horror game focused on the Flood. I think that would That'd be, be awesome. awesome. Yeah. Something like that. I um, as you guys said, Halo's like one of my biggest franchises. I love it. It's my favorite FPS by far. And so I just, I can't wait to see what Good they man. do. Good man. Good <laughs> man. Yeah. Dan's just shaking his head. We all have so much nostalgia for Halo. Um, yeah. when, when I played Halo 1, um, the, at, that, at that time, shooters on consoles were basically non-existing today you have so many other great shooters on consoles and that makes it so difficult for halo to to stand out in under the under all the other shooters yeah um and you have to somehow lure all these new gamers in that grew up with call of duty and the other shooters out there yeah um and that's why i still hope for a soft reboot yeah interesting Dan, give us your deep, deep thoughts on the Halo universe. Uh, uh, <laughs> I played Halo 2 or Halo Wars 2 this week. Yeah, I, saw, I saw you said you were playing it, but that's kind of more up your alley, right? You like? Do you like yeah. the RTS? Yeah, I mean, I'm more of the RTS guy. I mean, I'm, I, I don't really like FPS games as much as, say, like a third person uh, over the shoulder. I, I, it's just more of a comfort thing for me. I did. I, I've played the Halos. I, they they they're fun to play. Uh, you guys are 100 percent right with the story stuff. Um, but the big draw to Halo has always been the multiplayer, right? So that's what they really, really need to knock it out of the park with, because that's what's going to bring in most people. Now this game is going to be on Game Pass, and everybody's going to be able to jump right into it. And PC. So back before, yeah, and PC. Halo yeah. Five. Remember, wasn't on PC. All right. It's going to be. It's going to be a huge. This is their game. They need to knock it out of the park. As far as you know, I don't care about the FPSs, the 120 FPS. I, I don't think my TV will do <laughs> it. <FPSs. laughs> the FPSs. <laughs> it's just. It's just. I just want them to come out and kill it with this stuff, man. Because you know, and, and this is going to be that game that's going to. Yeah, everybody's waiting for right from the Xbox side. They they want this game. This is the game that you know has defined the console really you know it's their guy you know it's their mario it's you know it, it's yeah. it's this is him this is and I, and I respect it i i just i just have never been a huge fan of just the series as a whole mostly because i don't get in the multiplayer too much so i kind of yeah. focus on the stories but it, it's huge it's a huge game and it, it's this is going to be it man i want to see I'm, I'm really curious as to you know what the numbers are going to look like, you know, a month out after it gets released, you know, it's, it's, I think those, it's going to be huge, huge. What did I tell you? I think I told you and Bert the other day, my guess, I said, what did I say? Like 5 million the first week, something as three days. Copy players. How many players? Player? Yeah. No, I, that first day, twenty five million 5 million in 24 hours. I think that's yeah. what I said. Yeah. Well, you know what needs to happen? Fix your servers and have them ready <laughs> to go. Cause I don't need to see 15 tweets a day from Xbox support on my timeline. So get that fixed. Make sure you're ready, 
and boom, we're good to go. Yeah, yeah, Xbox has been struggling lately. That's why they need that beta. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true. Now, to be fair, Master Chief Collection was a nightmare when it launched, but Halo 5 launched very smoothly. Yeah, um, definitely, and it had a fantastic multiplayer. Yeah, fantastic. As, as much as the story sucked, the, the, the multiplayer was awesome. Yes, yeah. people still playing it. It's five years old, and people still play it regularly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it stands up test of time, so... All right, guys, we've been talking Xbox for quite a while. Uh, I think we're all looking forward to the event. Can't wait. Um, only a few weeks to go. So uh, real quick, before we jump over to Ubisoft, uh, quick shout out to everyone in chat. Really appreciate the conversation, guys. If you don't mind, uh, just quick shout out. Please like and share. Uh, it obviously helps with uh, you know getting some exposure for the show. So thank you. Let's talk about Ubisoft because prior to the Xbox show, we have Ubisoft's E3 replacement called Ubisoft Forward which is actually happening on the 12th, which is next Sunday. So uh, naturally, Dan, this one is happening a day after we record next week. But Ubisoft um, released a little teaser this week, a little teaser video. And in that, you could obviously see Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That's expected, right? We're going to get the first gameplay, apparently. Uh, it showed Watch Dogs Legion, which I think a lot of people are sleeping on. You know, that's a game that made a lot of buzz last year. But it's one of those games that Ubisoft took back to uh, kind of make sure to polish it better. We'll touch on that in a second. And then this week as well, Far Cry 6 has kind of leaked. So um, Giancarlo Esposito, I don't know if I pronounced that properly, is uh, a pretty well-known actor. He's in Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, uh, The Mandalorian, etc. And he is apparently uh, playing a key role in Far Cry 6. So it's expected that we'll see uh, Far Cry 6 debut next Sunday as well. And then remember, of course, that Ubisoft has a whole bunch of other little titles in the works. Uh, they showed Gods and Monsters last year, which they took back to continue development on. We saw Skull and Bones. I played Skull and Bones two years ago at E3 2018. Um, another title that they've kind of taken back and continued development on. So I'm actually really excited for this show. Valhalla is one of my most anticipated games of 2020, um, up there with uh, Cyberpunk and Halo. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious uh, to really see how Watch Dogs Legion has evolved as well, because uh, I got the backdoor demo of that at E3 last year and uh, was pretty impressed, save for a few things as well. So what are you guys looking forward to here? I know we've talked on uh, Valhalla quite a bit, um, but what do you guys really want to see from Ubisoft here and anything you're really excited about? I don't well, care. Anything about Splinter Cell. Um, skin and a game anything but that i'm good <laughs> yeah, sam fisher is gonna be in this game now yeah. i mean y'all have phones right i mean just it's what they do they, yeah. they milk him to death but they won't actually make us a splinter cell that's why i'm so excited for the initiative thing but back to ubisoft um i'm really excited for gods and monsters that one looks really hmm. really cool kind of a breath of the wild but ubisoft take on that yeah yeah. Are you uh, you excited about Valhalla? Oh, yeah, for sure. I love Assassin's Creed. I'm I'm kind of a traditionalist about Assassin's Creed. I, I liked it when it was, you know, Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed, like with okay. Ezio and um, all that. But I've enjoyed the new ones. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What, what's the best Assassin's Creed game? That's, That's a um, test. Careful. Test. <laughs> There's there's a couple of answers that I would there's say. man this is tough. Um, a lot I of really them. really loved Black Flag, and mm -hmm. then um, 
the first one because I, I, I love Jerusalem and the Crusades period time historically and everything. So I, I would go with tie between the first one and Black Flag. Nice. That's good choices. What's yours, Dan? Because I, I know Brotherhood, okay. I know you, Dan said before that you're more of the stealth kind of classic Assassin's Creed too, and I'm the opposite. I never really got into the Assassin's Creed until it got into being like the more open world, more RPG. Uh, I liked Origins. I really loved Odyssey. Odyssey yeah, was amazing, yeah. Yeah, so Valhalla. Um, between the RPG elements, uh, customization, the quest writing they've talked about, and it being in England with Vikings, I mean, I'm English, you know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm over the moon about Valhalla. Oh, definitely. Yeah. The, Nordic, the Nordic mythology is awesome. Um, and yeah. having that in Assassin's Creed, it's going to be insane. You had a, quite a good list. Uh, Watch Dogs is definitely something I'm looking forward to. Um, I always thought it's a highly underrated series. I enjoyed the first two games. I, I really did. The first one even more than the second one. I, <laughs> I'm an exception here probably. But no. So did you just say you like the first one better? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, I don't get all the complaints about Aiden and the first one. I really liked I enjoyed it. Enjoyed the Me first neither. one. It was GTA with a smartphone. It was yeah. It was a yeah. Fun. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In the second one, the characters were a little bit too cool for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if cool is the right word, but I know what you mean. <laughs> so um, one thing I, I want to add to your list, um, yeah. Beyond Good and Evil 2. True, yes. yes. I've shown that two years ago, and ever since, the game disappeared from the face of the earth. So I hope we get to see that game. That's a good point. Yeah, Michael Ansel is another one of those developers where it's like, very creative, makes excellent games, but he's just one of those creative minds that kind of is on his own plane. You know, he kind of does things <laughs> as he wants to do them. Definitely. Yeah, well, and then Far Cry 6. Um, you know, I loved Far Cry 3 and 4, and I okay. really did not like Far Cry 5. <laughs> so I'm excited to see where this one uh, goes um, because the potential is definitely there in the series. Three uh, Far Cry 3 was amazing, yeah? Yeah, I think I don't think you're alone there. I think a lot of people have called the Far Cry Five. It's not that it was a bad game; it's that they're just yeah. it's getting stale, right? They need to they need to evolve the Far Cry series. Definitely, yeah. that, that that series always is, is kind of hinged on you know the the evil guy, the the bad guy, basically. You yeah. know, you had you know what, what was it, Boss? I think it was in three, yeah. and then mm -hmm. uh, can't remember what the other guy's name was in four. Then you had father or whatever his face was in five yep. um and and they've always done a good job with that and with uh gian carlo is it carlo yeah gian carlo esposito yep i mean i love i love him he's gus man breaking bad yeah, man. I, say, I know you love that show so yeah, yeah. so you know andy's in the mandalorian I, he, the, if he is the bad guy you know then this has got a chance you know they need to obviously you know do some some work like you said far cry 5 is a little bit stale um but you know the core gameplay i've always loved anyway you know we'll find the tower open up this area do some other stuff you know and then kind of move the story along a little bit here and there you know you kind of play it at your own pace um but i think they can do a lot more with it um and then so i'm interested to see what they got as far as the other ones go i mean i don't know if we'll ever see skull and bones ever <laughs> you know <laughs> I heard about that one time and that was 
it. So yeah, I told you we played it. Um, so Skull and Bones, what it was, it's like they took so think Ubisofty, right? Big map, yeah. tons of icons, all that. They basically took what worked in Black Flag and tried to make it its own pirate game. That's the direction. And if you remember when Ubisoft came out several months ago and basically said uh, our games are getting a little too Ubisofty, they were starting to feel alike. They actually came out and commented on that, right? And that's why they took some of the games back uh, to say they needed additional development is to polish them up more and to give them more uniqueness. And I think that's what happened to Skull and Bones. It was after the fallout of Breakpoint, remember? Because Breakpoint launched, it was a buggy mess. It reviewed poorly for the most part for a big game. And um, Ubisoft came out and basically said, all right, we're going to fix this. Yeah. Yep, no, you're right. We'll see what happens if so. we ever see it. <laughs> Has a, a pirate game with like the sailing aspects of Black Flag and you know the shanties and the crew? I, I mean, there's a lot of potential there. They just got to sure. make sure it, you know it it works. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, Has Pang uh, Hassan, good to see you guys, man. Thanks for just stopping by. Um, for me, I'm, uh, to your point, argument, I'm a big Watchdogs guy. I really uh, I'm excited about Legion again. It being in London, I think it's fantastic. Um, I'm super excited about it. I liked everything I saw from the game last year when we got the demo at E3, but it was rough around the edges and it almost, it was funny because uh, Bert and I commented on this while we were watching it, but the um, the cinematics and stuff felt like uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the facial animations, the expressions, yeah. the way they interacted, it felt really, really fake. And my guess from the start when they kind of delayed this game was they're going to polish that stuff up because it, it did make such a big budget game look rough uh, at times. Yeah, that's true. What I was always wondering is, uh, I mean, the first two watchdogs were very story um, based and now mm-hmm. they have that perma permadeath uh, system in there. And I am not sure how a good story can work with a permadeath um gameplay loop so but i'm definitely excited to see where they take it yeah it's a good point it's a good point i guess it depends on if um you know they may have something where the story is really all around the protagonist yet all your kind of yeah uh party ai you know the thing they really drove how you can convert anyone in the game they're kind of less meaningful i guess but yeah it'd be interesting so anything else on ubisoft guys before we uh move on good to go man all right Fallout TV series. Wanted to touch on this. So uh, Fallout is a what I would call one of the most historic franchises in the gaming industry uh, that has had a rougher, more recent history with some of the launches. Uh, obviously, you know, kind of Fallout 76 goes without saying. Um, but a Fallout TV series was announced this week with some big name talent attached to it. So it's coming from Amazon Studios. Going to be a TV series on Prime. And their uh, production company they're working with is Kilter Films. And if you haven't heard of Kilter Films before, it's actually Christopher Nolan's brother, Jonathan Nolan, uh, and Lisa Joy uh, that run that studio or big parts of that studio or that production company. So uh, I think if you think about Fallout, if you think about the concept of the game, the premise, the setting, um, the style of humor and the kind of post-apocalyptic 1950s um, background, I think there's a lot of potential here to create a very, very cool TV show. Maybe. (laughs) 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 You're rolling the dice, man. I mean, it's, it's fallout is such a like beloved, you know, series, you know, game series that, you know, but then they came out with 76 
kind of drove people away. But it's actually got, you know, it kind of came back and has a small following, I guess, or, you know, maybe it has a huge following. I don't know. But here's the thing. I mean, it, it depends on where they go with it, right? They've got the names behind it. Um, I'd love to see something like it. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Temper your expectations on this one. Oh, boy. This is the only one. I think it fall out in front of it for sure. Just, you know, don't expect greatness. <laughs> That's what it should be. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Way too intense, buddy. <laughs> what a okay. tagline. Don't yeah. expect Okay, Dan. Dan, 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 I have a question here. Uh, really quickly, your uh, Assassin's Creed question to, uh, to the Fallout franchise. Which is the best one? Three. I, I would go with three. You know what? No, New Vegas, I think. Is yes. Like, yeah, ah, yeah. Right yeah. answer. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I forgot about it. Yeah, New Vegas was definitely the, the best one for me. I was going to say three and New Vegas are usually the, the pinnacle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah Fallout, expect mediocrity, you know, but like do it like in some really cool graphics. So it like it looks <laughs> like it's really good, but it's not. So That's going to be our bit, our big cast yeah, tagline yeah, from now. Yeah. Don't expect greatness, expect mediocrity. Yeah. <laughs> we should do it, man. Oh, man. Uh, well, he's not wrong. I mean, um, about big cast, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I mean, sorry, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, on the, on the on the Fallout TV series, I mean, how many really good, um video game series movies did we have um yeah. uh, well if if it wasn't for the witcher i i wouldn't say i i yeah which good. one was really good that's the, it they, they should have made like a post-apocalyptic like tv series and then like just put fallout in front of it when they were done like don't go in with any kind of expectations or yeah. you know because then people are like oh you just, it sounds like a really cool thing what's well, a fallout game eh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah logan where you at on this man you a fallout guy yeah i like fallout it's um i'm more of a skyrim guy myself personally or elder scrolls from bethesda but okay i i enjoy a nice token bit of fallout every now and then and then <laughs> um i think with having the west world developers on it is going to help because obviously they know cyborgs and all kinds of apocalyptic, just chaos. So I, I can see them maybe doing a good job, but like Dan was saying with fallout, my, my expectations are not high. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the problem, right? Is you have to, can they separate the recent, uh, you know, fallout stuff from the games, which has not gone over too well from the TV series. Um, and, and also, where do they go with it? How do you create? Because if you think about Fallout, there are stories there. Um, but I wouldn't say there's this huge, strong cast and protagonist that you think of with Fallout. Um, yeah, I agree. You know, you kind of create your own stories in those games. Same with Skyrim. It's one of the reasons that I hold, and I don't want to start a debate, one of the reasons I hold Witcher 3 above Skyrim is because uh, the characters is one of the reasons. Um, but you just associate with Geralt, and I think Witcher from a TV series, you know, plays on the strength of Geralt. Um, so I don't know how you create that in Fallout. But yeah, and they had the books. Yeah, don't forget that the Witcher series was actually based on the books, not the game. Yes, yes, yeah. very, very well done books. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a there's a basis there to work from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. So. Mm -hmm. 
We shall see. All right. Um, and don't forget. Go ahead. Death claw. See how they do. The yeah. Death. See how they do a death claw. Well, they, you know, yeah. the teaser they had Mothman. Or the yeah. yeah. On the on Twitter, that's what the you know the two eyes with the all black. That was the Mothman. Hmm. Um, so and, and don't forget, we're also getting a Last of Us show. That's yeah. that's coming too. All so, right. I totally forgot. Yeah. When is yes. that coming? Uh, I think they're not even they're in like pre-production right now. Okay. So yeah. I think that's going to be a while. But I mean, you have to be a fool to think that with the success of Witcher, that wasn't a the first season anyway, was not a huge, huge budget show. And yet when it launched, it's one of the best, um, one of the highest uh, watch shows on Netflix. And so you can be sure that these big name IPs for gaming are going to start being picked up. Uh, Last of Us, obviously Fallout now. You have Halo coming next year. And the um, Cyberpunk series. The Cyberpunk decided. anime series is coming, yeah. right? Um, you're going to see more of this. I absolutely guarantee it. So, I know yeah, Castlevania has been doing quite well on Netflix as well. Another one. Anime yep. series. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And I, I started it. I haven't watched much of that, but I know from the people I've talked to, they said it's excellent. Yeah, well, you have to be an anime uh, anime guy. That's my problem. I'm not. Yeah. yeah. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. All right. Cool. Let's talk about um. Let's talk about Tencent. So, if you are uh, Mads, what's up, man? Good to see you. God, we got all kinds of people from from outside the U.S. today. It's awesome. Love that. Um, <clears throat> Mads, I believe, is in Poland, if I remember correctly. Yes, uh, he is. Yeah, so uh, Tencent is, uh, if you're not familiar with Tencent, um, you, I'm sure the people who are listening to this are familiar with Tencent. So they are all over the gaming industry. They're a Chinese conglomerate. They have their uh, funding and money and kind of ownership of things all over the gaming industry. And they are now coming to the U.S. in full. So they are opening a AAA studio in Los Angeles titled Lightspeed Studio. Uh, the studio head is a former rock star lead uh, named Steve Martin, who uh, did a lot of the lead production stuff on Grand Theft Auto V and Red Dead Redemption 2. And they have talent already acquired from major, uh, major developers like 2K, Sony First Party, Rockstar, and other companies as well. So their um, focus, they've already said, is going to be AAA uh, open world games for Xbox Series X or next generation Series X PC and PlayStation 5. And I think this is, um, you know, from a player's perspective, this is good. You know, more big AAA studios, big games, competition, etc. But um, if you are familiar with EA and Activision, which we know we all are, uh, Tencent is coming. And Tencent is a massive, massive conglomerate that's about to uh make their presence known in the u.s tencent <laughs> i mean yeah, yeah the name's not the name doesn't translate to america very well but you know that's yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it's just another you know you always say competition is good i guess you know and but you know this is just this this these companies you know they don't really need to compete with each other because they have got they've got they've got it in the bag already you know so yeah Man, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, the rich get richer. It's well, fine. that's the thing, right? Is like we were talking about with EA and Activision and um, and 2K with uh, what do you call it? Um, the 69.99 games, right? Is you know, is this just going to further compound that kind of gigantic publisher company 
uh, bringing things, microtransactions, and kind of chain, making it more difficult for the smaller development companies uh, here in the U.S. market. Yeah, that's going to suck. I mean, but, you know, <laughs> here's the thing, though. 90% of the people that play video games, you know, that they play one or two, three games of the year. You know, it's FIFA, it's Madden, it's Call of Duty, Fortnite. It's, uh, you know, that's, that's you know, the, and, and, which makes it harder, even harder for these, for these smaller studios to kind of get in with a, an indie game or something like that. So it's, it is what it is. I'm not a huge 10 cent guy. They seem kind of shady to me, but then again, there's Activision, you know. Elu said in chat that 10 cent is your new price. Yeah. $69 and 10 cents. So Logan, I know that, um, you know, we talk offline a lot on Twitter and stuff and, and look at these publishing companies and, you know, have you kind of done any research on Tencent or kind of, you know, uh, you know, thought about any of this and them coming to the U.S. in a more kind they of front have, form? Okay, go ahead. Um, they have their fingers on everything. Yeah. Like all over the globe, they've been investing, like they have part of a stake in Activision and Blizzard. They have part of a stake in... Um, Fat Shark up north. They now are building their own AAA US studio. Basically, and they just had their own game show in China, if I'm not mistaken, where they had a big conference with a bunch of developers. Mm -hmm. they, are, they are trying to become the new gaming power in the world that would Correct. be kind of a, try to be on par with the Microsoft or Sony. Not saying they're going to make a console or anything, but they're, they view themselves as that big of a thing. And they're coming to the U.S. now, and the studio is just a sign of that. And I would be wary of it, but um, we'll see. Um, we haven't seen them in the U.S. do much before, so it'll be curious if they have an EA and Take-Two reputation to start with or not. But we'll give it a chance. Yeah, that's kind of Elu in the chat said these companies are like the Walmarts of the retail world. You know, it, it makes it difficult for those kind of mom-and-pop developers to uh, to stand a chance, which really where services like Game Pass help, uh, but that's a whole another conversation we won't get into. Archimedes, uh, what do you think, man? Yeah, well, we got another player who will bring shady business practices <laughs> into the video game world. Exactly. So, um, I don't know what they what they will come up with. Um, in the end, um, it is like it is. Uh, a bit more competition can never hurt. And maybe we get a good game out of it. Let's see. let's see it like that. That's the thing, right? You look at the talent they have. They're obviously yeah. going to have the funding. You know, um, there's no question about that. And this is a AAA studio in Los Angeles. I mean, if you think about the other studios, there's tons of studios in Los Angeles. But I mean, if you think about the very, very well-funded studios, the AAA and what we joke about the Quad A, right? You've got the Initiative. You got like Sony Santa Monica. Um, you've got those really big studios that make these big budget, big games. So, I mean, for us, that could be a really good thing. I just worry about, you know, the company practices like we're talking about. Yeah. So Marion's bringing up Stadia. I know everyone, uh, everyone's got their Stadia hooked up as we speak, right? Mm. <laughs> Pour one out. <laughs> Pour one out. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's, uh, so... We talked about this a long time ago because it leaked, but then we heard more about it this week for the first time, and that is the Harry Potter game. Um, so Harry Potter RPG being developed by Avalanche Software. Now, be aware, Avalanche Software different from Avalanche Studios. It's not the company that makes Just Cause in those games. Avalanche Software is actually the company that made Disney Infinity um, and some of those Disney games. 
So they have not made a big AAA kind of game in this vein before, but they're working on the Harry Potter RPG. It's supposed to release in late 2021 for Series X, PlayStation 5. Um, and we're expecting to see this at DC Fandom, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. That takes place on August 22nd, which is where it's also rumored we're going to see the Justice League game and the new Batman Gotham Knights game. So um, I I think I missed the boat on Harry Potter a little bit in that I was older. You know, like my nephews, nieces, etc. really liked Harry Potter um, and grew up with it. So it doesn't mean a whole lot to me personally. But that being said, the way they've talked about this being open world and kind of having a full Hogwarts in the surrounding areas and being an RPG, um, I think if they do it right and kind of have the charm of the series and you know, Hogwarts, Hogwarts, excuse me, and, um, you know, build it out, build out the characters, the world, et cetera, I, I think it could be really well done. I just don't know. Um, I think, you know, really need to see it to see if they're going to be able to deliver on that vision. I mean, I'm down, man, 100%. Give me some more Harry. Give me, give me a Harry Potter we're, game. So, Dan, we're about the same age. Were your kids into Harry Potter? I was in the Harry Potter. <laughs> That's the spirit. <laughs> the kids, I like it, man. I love the books. Oh, love the books. The books are excellent. Okay. Um, when the movies came out, thought they were really, really well done. And I yeah. was like, this is this is. They actually did a good job, you know, because you don't see that very often. Usually, you get you know some kind of garbage, you know, movie film. I mean, I'm not like you know. I'm Hufflepuff. I, you know, I'm not that guy, but you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's more of a you know. They, I think they have a really great uh, IP to work with here. So, you know, let's see what they can do, man. If it's an RPG, you know, if they if they can, you know, make it bigger. Now, Avalanche, they've only done Disney Infinity, and they did Cars. You know, like if some they've done oh, okay. smaller Disney-based games. Well, that that yeah. doesn't that doesn't bode well. But you know, <laughs> I, I thought I don't know why I thought Avalanche was like the Just Cause guys. It something. is Avalanche okay. Studios. This oh, is Avalanche studios. Software. Well, maybe they maybe they sent some guys over to make it <laughs> slightly better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 shove some guys over there and go, go show them how to make a big game. Let's see what you know. Let's see what we see in August. So you know, until then, you know, it's exciting news. Yeah, uh, and I want to see some more of it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we haven't had a Harry Potter game outside of the Lego games. I think. Or maybe I for, I'm forgetting one. There's, there's some Sorcerer's Stone one that wasn't so hot. But. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, there's been some smaller ones, some lower budget ones. There's no, really nothing that's been a big AAA, big Harry Potter game, which is yeah. weird, right? Because it's such a huge IP. Yeah, exactly. If you think about how many Lord of the Rings games we got, um, <laughs> right. it's always... Yeah, it's uh, surprising. And I really enjoyed the movies as well. Um I never read the books, but uh, I'm a huge RPG fan. So um, if it's well done, I'm definitely up for it. Yeah. Logan, where are you at on this? Did you grow up with Harry Potter? Oh, yeah, I did. Definitely. My sister's right. the one who's all in on Harry Potter. I'm more of a Star Wars, Lord of the Rings guy myself. But okay. I, I do like Harry Potter, so I'm excited for it. And I do wonder if the kind of quote-unquote fire sale going on at Warner Brothers Games is going to affect these guys any at all. Like, you know, it's got to be in the back of their mind at least a little bit that, you know, everything must go, so to speak. Yeah. And, you know, we touched on it a few weeks ago when that first kind of conversation came out about Warner Brothers possibly being acquired. Right. And the the gaming 
kind of IPs and their properties. So it is going to be interesting because especially if this game is not until late 2021, there's a lot of time that could happen. You know, a lot of things that could happen between now and then. Um, so yeah, that'd be interesting. But I think this leaked, you know, it goes without saying that it's been far too long hearing about Rocksteady's uh, game and the Batman game. And uh, it sounds like if, if they have all these things, Rocksteady's game, the new Batman game, and Harry Potter at this DC fandom uh, on August, that could actually be quite a damn good show. Oh, definitely. I mean, there's this rumor out there that they originally planned an entire E3 show this year. That is, yeah. That yeah. was the plan. Yeah, well, that's what we heard the plan was, right? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know about you guys, not to get us off track here, but, you know, I saw a lot of comments this week. We've gotten to July now. And uh, I know I agree with the sentiment, but a lot of people were like, you know, for those who said we don't need E3, it can all be done digitally. Um, I think June demonstrated, at least to me, that I prefer E3. Yeah, get out of here with that nonsense. Weird. <laughs> I mean, I, I want all my news in a week and get the demos and just, you know, it's just a huge, like, euphoric, just gaming. It's a celebration, trip. right? going on all in one week you get it out of your system and then you know the rest of the year there's a little bit here and there of news but you get it right then now it's just been a slow trickle like a little indie game here and then a few weeks later a little indie game here and then bam oh ps5 is actually unveiled we'll see what it looks like and then <laughs> weeks later something else yeah yeah i agree Agreed. Yeah, I, I the, the only thing i'm looking forward to is the demo thing um that is new this is, is a good thing uh, this demo week from Xbox we talked earlier about, but otherwise it's it's much better if you have it in one week and you have the big shows and the excitement and yeah. Yeah, I think that you know because there's so much that's often shown that week too with all the conferences and all the companies, it's talked about for weeks and months afterwards, right? Um, because there's so much to really go through. Um, it's a shame. I miss it. Dan, do you even care? No. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm fine with the digital stuff i mean i've been doing it for years anyway i mean i've been sitting in my house watching it when it comes out i mean i just whatever just yeah doing my games yeah i know it's just i maybe it would have been different if they still did it uh in the same format like if we still got all of the conferences in one week uh you know maybe it would have been different but this kind of all spread out like logan said you know you get like an indie game here yeah. and a presentation here and 10 minutes here and it just it's felt really disjointed doesn't feel like we've had any kind of big celebration yeah i mean that's fair i mean i, I don't disagree with that you know yeah just give me some but, more news that's all i mean <laughs> it, it, I, I don't need to be around you know thousands and thousands of people and that's that's usually not my scene so you know i just want to i just want more 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 if you want to give it to me in over a week's time fine if you want to spread it out that kind of sucks but you know, is what it is. It allows, it allows some of these, you know, like Sony to kind of own that new cycle for a little while. You know, now it'll yeah. be it'll be Xbox here for you know the next month or so. You know, and to, unless Sony comes out and drops something, which they, they probably will. will. Yeah, you know, one hundred percent. Yeah, they will because that's what they do, and they're yeah. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> they're like professional trolls at times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mads, man, appreciate the uh, the ten. Uh, that doesn't say ten dollars, so I don't know. I don't even know what the currency is in Poland. Yeah. Who knows? Anybody? The ten dollar Poland currency. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate ten Poland bucks. Um, yeah. And he says, yeah, he wants E three back too, and we were to be there this year, which is one hundred percent true. I've talked about that. It kind of sucks that um, 
we had some huge, huge plans for E3 this year. So Mads was coming over from Poland. Um, Enrique from uh, Basement Radio Arcade Podcast. Uh, myself, Cog, all the Lords, King. We were all going to be staying together in one like gigantic house. And it was just going to be a week-long party and doing videos uh, with Boom. Boom was going to be with us, too. And uh, it's really, you know, it's really, really a shame that obviously the whole COVID thing has gone on and kind of disrupted it all. But anyway, it would have been nice to finally meet Mads and some other people. But uh, hopefully next year it'll be back. We'll see. Hmm. Polish Zlatki, Zlatis. Zlatis? I'm probably saying that wrong. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Zlati is the currency. Didn't know that. Okay. Well, we see we're an educational show as well here at Season Gaming. I would agree. Right, <laughs> Temper your expectations. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely use that here. <laughs> One last thing I want to touch on uh, that was good news this week, I think, is uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. So we've obviously talked about Forbidden West and the whole PlayStation 5 presentation, but Horizon Zero Dawn, we got a date for it coming to PC. It's coming to Steam and the Epic Games Store on August 7th, so just over a month from now. And as you would expect with being on PC, they've kind of uh, touched it up, right? So you've got uh, ultra widescreen support. You've got unlocked frame rates. You've got some things that have been touched up like uh, reflection and shadow quality. Um, uh, just a lot of accessibility options. It will have controller support as well, but really, really great to see such one of my favorite new IPs of the generation, um, you know, go over to the PC platform. And uh, I know at least for a short period of time yesterday when they announced it, it was the best selling game on Steam. So uh, definitely an audience I think it's going to find there. And I'm happy to, uh, happy to see new people playing it because it is an incredible game. It yeah. absolutely is. Yeah, it's it's my favorite uh, uh, IP or or game uh, exclusive game on the PlayStation this generation. I really love that game, and it's great to see that coming to PC. I mean, what's wrong with more people getting to play a great game? Uh, Nothing. Uh, if they, well, yeah. yeah, I think I think what that means is that uh, Sony will go down and go under and then explode in a giant ball of fire is what <laughs> I think. From what I've gathered on Twitter, that is what happens when you don't have exclusive games. Hashtag Twitter, guys. Hashtag Twitter, guys. <laughs> How's Sonny going to pay the rent? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Donkulous. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, yeah, uh, so. Apparently, the, the port is very well done. I've seen some tweets from Digital Foundry. Um, they were really excited and pumped to see that game. Um, so, yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize they already did a uh, a thing on it. They break the trailer. No, down? they they didn't do a full breakthrough. They there were just some tweets from them because they have an early version of it or something. Oh, okay, awesome. Uh, wow. I, I, I gotta admit, I'm tempted. Like I said, this, yeah. this is a pretty powerful PC, and I've got the ultra wide, and it's like I love that game. I platinumed it, um, yeah. and just you know thinking about checking it out, like unlock frame rates, you know, running at like 120 frames. We're back to. Uh, could be really cool. Yeah, there was this uh, the, this uh, screenshot going around. Um, there is a an option apparently in the game where you can set it to the console settings, the PS4 Pro settings, and every everything was basically set on medium. So there are a lot of <laughs> options you can increase. Oh. oh, and it's a. I mean, you play that on the PS4 Pro uh, on a good TV. It, it's an incredible looking game already. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's gorgeous. So, um, yeah, that, 
Oh man, I'm tempted. August seventh. That could be a good time too, because I don't. We don't have anything else coming out in August right now, do we? Anything big? I'm Cyberpunk in July. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cyberpunk's in September, right, Dan? Oh, uh, we have two. Oh, no. Actually, we have two games I will spend hundreds of hours with. Uh, there is Tony Hawk 2 uh, or the remaster coming. That's true. And Kingdoms of Amalur. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that remaster's coming out. Yeah. And, and yeah. Tony Hawk is what, September 4th, I think? Going off memory. Yeah. And then there's the demo, that warehouse demo early August. Somewhere. That's true. Yeah. The demo. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> Mariano. Uh, Thanks for the 499 super chat, man. Really appreciate it, Mariano. Um, he asked, "What other Sony first-party games would you guys like to see go to PC?" Um, all of we know them. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. yeah I don't think it. there's. Go ahead. Yeah, what is wrong with uh, bringing all the all the exclusives to PC? It's just that the fanboys can't say, "Oh, I have an exclusive <laughs> uh, for a console," and that's all. Uh, yeah. it, it doesn't change your experience on for yourself if you play it on console. But if it's a great game, let others play it as well. What's 100%. Yeah, 100%. Death Stranding's already coming. Horizon's coming. It's been rumored for a long time that Bloodborne's coming. We've kind of seen that back and forth. I think if I were to pick one personally, it'd be Bloodborne because Bloodborne came out in 2014 on the PS4. It never got a pro upgrade. Um, it's an incredible, incredible game, but it's kind of rough to go back and play right now uh, because we've gotten so spoiled with how games have evolved over the past few years. So I would really like to see that, but I think to uh, to your guys' point, yeah, there's no reason why they shouldn't be, even if they do it like what they're doing with Horizon, right? Where it's it's what going to be three years after launch, 2017 Horizon, right? Yeah. Um, three years. Yeah, three years later. I mean, it's kind of, you don't even need to wait that long. But even if you do it that way, at least you get a new player base, get to experience that great game. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely, I think God of War would look incredible on PC. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. No doubt, another incredible game. I think I think God of War and Horizon are my favorite kind of PlayStation Four first party games. Uh, I don't think that's an uncommon opinion, but I wasn't huge on Spider Man. I know Dan hates me for that, um, and I wasn't uh, Death Stranding. I'm not going to bother with. No. But uh, what is wrong? I love Spider Man. Um, actually. If I put together my top three, God of War isn't in them, and I really enjoyed God really? of War. It's yeah, but oh, I, yeah. I would say Zero Dawn, Spider-Man, and Days Gone. I really enjoyed Days Gone. Huh? I, yeah, know. I did too, man. There you go. I was going to say, I've seen that more and more lately that uh, a lot of people really like that game. I, I liked it, but I, I'm kind of you know mediocre on it. it. I think it was a good game. It just doesn't stand up to like Horizon or God of War for me. But I know a lot of people really enjoyed it. Can you imagine Last of Us 2 on like a you know ultra-wide like you a know, top PC, yeah. Oh my gosh, settings. are you kidding me? That game was amazing looking on the pro, yeah. and yeah, I mean that, that it's just it will never make sense to me, um, even through a, a business standpoint, why you wouldn't bring these games to you know other. You know, I understand you want to keep people to a certain extent in your ecosystem, you know, to force you to buy you know other games maybe coming out after that. But it, it, you know, it, in the end, it doesn't really matter. People who play on console play on console. Yeah. You know, people who play on PC play on PC. You know, and that and that's really all it is. And you know, it doesn't impact console sales as nearly as much as people seem to think it does. All. It just doesn't. Nope. Um, it, it, it's ridiculous to even say that. So. 
Well, and to your point, you can you can almost do it strategically, right? So like now, Horizon Zero Dawn's coming to PC next month and you you build an audience, right? The PC only people. Mm -hmm. You'll find some of those who really never played it before. They're PC only. They play it. They love it. Then you get Horizon Zero Dawn 2 or Forbidden West next year on PS5 only at launch, right? So maybe you grab a small percentage of those people who are like, you know what? I really like the Aloy. I want to continue that journey. I don't want to wait for it on PC. It's not a big percentage, but I mean, could be something Sony's looking at. Yeah, that's a a big investment for one game. You know, you're looking at at least 560 bucks, 500, well, $70 now. You know, say the console's 500, then you got to buy the game now. I mean, well, then you got to add on an extra garage spot to put the PS5 in there. Yep. You know, you get the. (laughs) (laughs) I got to take out doors. I got to (laughs) replace doors to my house. (laughs) Yeah, Persian in the chat. What's up, Persian? Good to see you. He said, I mean, the PS5 is the size of a PC. So, yeah, it's true. It's true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I hope it doesn't like a net engine when I'm trying to play a 4K game this time. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Um, which they've said, you know, it's much more quiet. So we'll see. We'll see. That wouldn't take much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's talk about what we're currently up to. So, um, uh, you know, I've been playing a couple new things, but Logan, what what are you currently kind of getting into? What's uh, what's been in your um, consoles or PC? I've been playing Bard's Tale. Um, remastered and resnarkled. Some Minecraft Dungeons and Animal Crossing are the three I've been playing recently. So you I, you got a lot of time in Animal Crossing. Is that a big one for you? Um, I have a decent amount of time, yeah, but it's not my main thing. But it's it's pretty easy to just play an hour or two, pick it up on a game, and you just make sure that you're like, okay, take care of the chores and the random things in the town, and then put it down and play something else. It's it's a pretty easy just pick up and go wherever you left it off game. And then I missed the original Bard's Tale on the OG Xbox. So mm-hmm. I was really happy when they ported it to Xbox One. So I've been playing it through Game Pass and I, I love it. It's hilarious. Is it? Um, Brian Fargo's wit is just, it's it's like a giant parody of RPG tropes. And it's, okay. just, it's wonderful. Like you're, it just, it makes your character just seem like the worst person alive but also a good person at the same time which is hard to explain but it's really funny and then minecraft dungeons i've been enjoying that and the new dlc came out so i'm excited for that so yeah that's what i've been up to so it's interesting about bardstale because i haven't played it but uh you mentioned brian fargo right and we're talking about in exile earlier um but that's kind of the point right is between the talent they have the writing capabilities they have there now that you look at them as a big budget studio with the support of xbox game studios it's going to be really uh you know really interesting to see what they come up with absolutely yeah archimedes what are you up to man yeah, I just finished The Last of Us 2 two hours ago. Or oh, two hours just before, before the show we started. started. Huh? Yeah, okay. Right before we started, yeah. Yep. Um, so I'll be playing uh, Minecraft Dungeons. The DLC came out. Um, and then I'm just going to browse through Game Pass probably um, and see what's what's next for me. Cool. Cool. Uh, Logan, I know you, you both mentioned Minecraft Dungeons. Have you played the Jungle DLC yet? Any good? Um, I have not yet. I'm um, I'm still doing my Apocalypse run on oh okay the main stuff and i just unlocked the lower temple which was originally mm. planned and then they kind of delayed it and just now updated it for the game and as free dlc it's a hidden level for the um, desert temple 
and it was really fun and it adds some good weapons and new uh, mechanics to the game which i enjoy hmm. very cool very cool so last of us two our communities uh yeah so dan and i both finished it i uh, did my review and actually I read that, to be yeah. new- okay just uh, before you- the show without obviously talking about key elements are your thoughts aligned with mine on the review or do you have different opinions no pretty much uh, you nailed it um it's the the thing for me was the pacing of that game um yeah. I, I really enjoyed the story it was a, uh, i know many had issues with the uh, with what happens in the game and the story and this is actually not what i am bothered with uh, i just felt the game just felt too long yeah, mm-hmm. if they, I, it took me now. I think about twenty-five to thirty hours to play for my playthrough. Yeah, and if that game had ended ten hours earlier, uh, I would have probably said it's a masterpiece. Um, now I tend to say it's a very good game, no doubt. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of very good things about it, but it just was a little bit too long. Yeah, gotcha. I think Dan and I are probably in the same place. It took me yeah. thirty-five hours. Um, because I yeah. play games very slowly, and uh, yeah, it is very long. So, uh, Kenta Wilson in chat, uh, welcome. Thanks for joining us. At West of Dead is also great on Game Pass right now. Um, yeah, I've been meaning. That's another one I have downloaded. Been meaning to play more, and I just haven't gotten to it. But um, for the while we're on Last of Us, real quick, we're actually doing a spoiler cast. Um, me, Dan, uh, Bert, and Elu, who's in the chat, we're going to do a season gaming spoiler cast on Monday night, uh, kind of a special one-off episode. So. Everyone who's uh, listening, join us in. If you finish Last of Us 2, it'll be a good conversation. Uh, Dan, what are you up to, man? I've been kind of just going backwards, <laughs> which you know, which I guess I got time for. I mean, I've been playing a lot of State of Decay 2. Okay. Um, the, they, this is going to sound really stupid, but they they, uh, they released some Sea of Thieves crossover stuff. That I oh, say. Yeah, in like, State of car, Decay 2? Yeah, there's like a car called the Megalodon. <laughs> which is amazing, by the way. It's so fast and hilarious. Uh, also, like some some gear you can get, like uh, one of the swords with a skull on it, and like a bandana, you know, like a pirate pirate outfit and shit like that. So I've been playing the crap out of that. Um, actually, went back and played some Sea of Thieves to kind of see what it was. Super overwhelming. All of a sudden, you go from a game that had nothing at launch to I have no idea what's happening right now. You know, so <laughs> I went back into that, did a, you know, just a couple little missions here and there, just kind of sailed and did a, you know, look for some treasure. Game is still awesome. Still Another game that, you know, number one on Steam this week. Yeah, insane. And then I actually got back into GTA V because Bert mentioned it in our chat and I was like, yeah, I better go play that. But see, see how it is, you know, see how it's held up. It's not bad. It's definitely last gen. But, you know, and then they, they brought it over. They kind of, you know, they did some improvements. I don't play the online stuff. I kind of just wanted to play some of the story. I, the driving in it is garbage. I don't remember it being that bad. Like, <laughs> everything. Like, everything. There is nothing that I have not hit yet. People, cars, buildings. I don't think it's I mean, the game. Yeah, that could be. That could be true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, sure that, I'm today I want to play and finish Iron Man VR. I haven't played oh. it yet. I, I got it yesterday, or I had it, and I just I had a huge headache yesterday. I didn't want to jump on there and make it even worse. So I'm feeling pretty good today. I'm going to jump on and see how it is. Um, I enjoy the demo, so um, it's supposed to be pretty short. We'll see. You know, that doesn't mean anything for me because it'll probably take me twice as long as a normal person to beat it. 
Isn't that good? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of interested to hear your thoughts on that. Um, I don't know how I haven't I didn't try the demo, so um, but um, yeah, I know some people are enjoying it. So VR uh, PSVR has been kind of quiet lately. So yeah, um, but uh, they did oh, well, announce that VR is coming to Dreams, which is pretty yeah. cool too. Dude, I need to jump back into that game too because there, there's probably so many games on that game that you can just jump in and play, which That's is true. crazy. You know, yeah. so I saw somebody do like a Legacy of Kane kind of remake. Really? Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Least, yeah, that looks awesome. That's going back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Archimedes Logan, you guys got PSVR? Do you play around with that at all? I'm not a big VR guy myself. It it would give me a migraine. So I <laughs> I'm happy for folks who enjoy it, but I, I I abstain from VR. Gotcha. Um, I play it regularly at a friend's house. I don't have one myself, but I do have an issue with all the cables and everything. It's yes. just yeah. Um, that is after me. an hour or so, I'm I, I'm good. So I never bothered to buy one, to be honest. Yeah, I got you. No, yeah, I bought. Go ahead, Dan. No, I was just gonna say, you know, not speaking about VR, I was gonna talk about something else. There was another game. It's called Star Ninety Nine. It was on the Insiders program. I don't know okay. if you saw it. I don't even know if no. there was like an NDA attached to it, but it was basically, I'm going to say it anyway, because I don't care. It was basically like Tetris 99, okay, but Galaga. Oh. So it, yeah, so basically. You compete you, against other people in a shooter? Right. Yeah. So oh like my a little God, Galaga. how have I not heard of this? It was, it was, I mean, I think it's over, but man, I played, I played it for like, eight hours straight <laughs> it was so much fun and like you you like sometimes like people will show up on the other side like tetris 99 you're playing against these two people there's still 97 other yeah. 96 other players but like you you can shoot stuff they go over to their screen you could like launch a boss at them where they have to fight a boss character all of a sudden it was really cool it's not like anything spectacular and huge but it was they did a really good job with it i had so much fun playing that game. i don't play multiplayer games I played the hell out of that game. Man, a competitive shooter. Yeah, you got to text me next time, man. Yeah. I think it's supposed to come back for another demo, so. (laughs) So good. Cool. I'll definitely check that. What's it called? Star 99, I think it was. Star 99. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, Yeah, so in terms of me, I've actually gotten back into, uh, with Elu and Chad here, we've been playing a lot of Rocket League again. Um, mm-hmm. got me into the actual competitive side of it, you know, where you do the rankings and work your way up and, um, man, that's a challenging game. Um, we talk all the time around to, you know, people know me, I'm a super competitive guy and I make mistakes all the time in that game and it just drives me crazy. Um, but been playing the hell out of it, getting better, um, trying to get that gold ranking. I think we, we've gotten like right near gold and then we'll lose a couple games and, drop back down and keep fighting to get back to it. So, but um, that is such a game. They're having their five year anniversary event right now. And you think about how that game launched, right? They launched with PSM plus, if you remember rocket league, and it was kind of like an unheard of game and it has turned into uh, God, it has turned into such a big community. It's crazy. Um, and then I got a, I was given a code this week for you guys heard of this game, Otterman M- empire. Mm, no. no. Does it, no? Is it like a pun? Like it involves yeah. otters and they have yeah, an you, Okay, that's yeah, awesome. No, I have yeah. not heard of this. You haven't heard of it? Oh, so no. this is a game Um, came out on the Switch. It came out on all the platforms. Uh, the NDA was the second, and I think it releases. I think it releases this week if it's not out already. But it's, a, it's literally a shooter game like Splatoon, like a, a small little shooter game, um, but you're otters. Um, and you have like you're basically otters with jetpacks, and it's, 
it's just this crazy little game that um, it actually be, uh, was shown off a few months ago and it kind of caught a reputation. And uh, it's made by the small development company. It's their first game. And they apparently like were talking about games like a few years ago. It's like a group of guys and they were joking about making a game, a shooter with otters in it. And they literally sat down and did it. And this is that game. Interesting. Um, so kind of hilarious. The uh, the company reached out. They gave me a review code. I started the other day. It's a little rough around the edges. It does have a campaign, um, but I, I need to play a little more of it just to kind of see, you know, if it's any good and, and wait till there's some people online that I can play against. But uh, it's, it's, it is hilarious. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Um, anyway, and then uh, I've just been playing more tanks and Path of Exile, which I talk about every week. So I'll leave those ones alone. But um Halo said if only Ains was competitive. Yeah, just a little bit. A little mm. competitive. All right, guys. Um, so I think we're going to head on out of here, man. It's been a heck of a show. I uh, really enjoyed having you guys on. As always, Archimedes, great having you for here for the first time, Logan. So I'll start with you, Logan. Uh, what do you want to shout out before we get out of here for the day? Where can we find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter where I dwell all the time, I guess. L O G M E Y 9 2 is my Twitter and then pixelowl.net is where I have my articles and reviews. And then Owl About Gaming is available on Podbean and other streaming services, or you can find it on the Pixel Owl site. Fantastic. And well, thanks again for coming on, man. It's been a pleasure. Won't be the last time. And, uh, you know, we'll be in touch, of course. Archimedes, man, always a pleasure having you on. Great to have you here. Can't wait to see your Last of Us 2 review. I think you said you're getting ready to do, right? Absolutely right. It's always a pleasure to be on the show. Um, yeah, I'll be starting with my video review tomorrow, so I hope to drop that on Monday. Cool. Yeah, and definitely check out my YouTube channel. Um, you can find me under Boxenberger, basically everywhere, Twitter, PSN, Xbox Live, and, of course, YouTube, yeah, um, where I upload about one video per week. Um it's not a news channel that I have. I wouldn't call it that. Uh, I would say it's an opinionated channel. <laughs> <laughs> I cover, I cover, but in my videos, always a certain topic of the video game industry. Um, and I upload about one video uh, per week. Um, the last video was on Wednesday about uh, the idea of the Xbox Lockhart and if it's a good thing for the video game industry and for gamers. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, we're going to have a lot more to talk about on Lockhart here in the coming weeks. Uh, so <laughs> it'll be fun. Um, Dan, 6910, your, your price increased as yes. the show went up. It went up a little bit. So, you know, live with it, people. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so not much, man. Back on Twitter. I'm, I'm working on a couple articles right now. Again, I, I've been having kind of a... Uh, writer's block, but I, I've actually got one coming up. I put a post up on Twitter about it. It's uh, basically uh, kind of examining what the two big console makers are going into next gen and how they can, you know, each of them can succeed in their own way, you know, but it's, 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 it's progressing. It's about halfway done. Um, I'm going to do a little bit more research and hopefully have that up um, probably by the end of next week. Um, and I might, review Iron Man VR. I want to kind of knock the cobwebs off. So um, maybe get that out there. Maybe today if I can finish it, depending on how long <laughs> it is. And if I don't die from exhaustion from, you know, I, I, I'm not a 
very mobile person. So we're going to see how this works out. <laughs> I, I, there have been times, I think when I played Blood and Truth, I actually got winded. So there's that, you know. I'm a fat guy. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be interested to see with Iron Man too, like just motion sickness, because I know, you know, VR can be yeah. a little rough at times, and being Iron Man is about as, you know, much motion as you can get. So we'll see yeah, how it does. The demo wasn't bad as far as that went, you know, so I didn't get, it wasn't too bad. It, it's, they do a pretty good job, you know, keeping you kind of focused. So, okay, cool. We'll see. Might be different. Who knows? Very cool. Well, for us, guys, like I said, we're doing a Last of Us 2 spoiler cast Monday night. I don't think we've nailed down a time yet, but it will be me, Dan, Bert, and Elu. So uh, if you finish Last of Us 2, you want to come chat about it, uh, that'll be a special one-off thing. It should be a lot of fun. So look forward to uh, hanging out with some people there. Uh, there'll be a new article coming up this weekend sometime from Steve as well. He wants to talk about $70 game prices like we did earlier today. He said that's wrapping up. And then... Um, just yesterday, I spoke with uh, some of the admins over at OpenCritic.com, and uh, you will find Season Gaming back on there. So funny enough, we were on there as a contributor a few years ago, and we kind of got away from it uh, as we kind of changed our review model. And then OpenCritic did this whole like revamp of their whole platform. Um, but I reached back out to them a little while ago, and we are um, officially back on there and just got some cleanup to do. But you can look forward to our reviews being part of that um, part of that meta going forward, I guess. So my Last of Us 2 review is up there right now uh, with the other critics, and um, you know we'll, we'll obviously get more ramped up as we do more games in the future. So thank you, as always, guys. I really appreciate everyone stopping by for uh, the show, especially despite being a holiday weekend. I hope everyone uh, has a really safe and happy July 4th here in the U.S. Um, and uh, as always, man, great community. Love the show. Thank you so much, and we will see you next week. <laughs>